welcome to Laying the Points, a Rotovis podcast brought to you by my bookie. My name is Matt Lamarca. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Lamarca, and I'm joined by my co-host Kyle Dvorak, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. Kyle, how's it going? It's not going bad. I think we uh, we had a pretty solid week last week. Uh, I, I feel like uh, maybe I'm wrong. The past three or four weeks have really done us well. I think we might be finding our groove, which is uh, exciting. Yeah, week three, I think we were both under 500, but the last two weeks we have definitely put together some some good weeks. So that's nice. Uh, it's good to start start getting into the black with some of these these bets that we're making. So. Hopefully we can keep that going in week six. Before yeah, I'm waiting for a five and zero week. Five and zero would be fantastic. One five and zero week, and it's like, oh man, that's that's so good for your record. Before we get into week number six, I want to remind you guys about Road of His Patreon. Sign up, become a Road of His patron, and gain exclusive access to the Road of His Radio Slack channel, where you can ask questions and gain league winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Patronships start at just $6 per month. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners. Sign up at patreon.com slash Radio. Also, just a quick shout out for Axios Sports. Uh, we brought them up on the, on the show a couple weeks ago, and I continue to be blown away by their newsletter. It's just so cool. Uh, I signed up a couple of weeks ago, and now it's become like an everyday must read for me. Today, they had an awesome story about, you know, the whole saga between China versus the NBA. So if those are the kind of stories that you're interested in, make sure to sign up at sports.axios.com. I felt like it was perfect. My friend was like, what's going on with China versus the NBA right now? And I I was fully prepared to answer that question for him. So uh, definitely, if you like to be in the know, this is a great way to sign up and stay on top of what's going on in the world of sports. All right, Thursday night football uh, should be a real competitive game here, Kyle. We've got the New York Giants going into New England to play the Patriots. They're currently favored by 16 and a half, and the total sits at 42 points. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Uh, honestly, if this uh, if this spread held, it would you'd be like, yeah, that's like not a bad game, you know, given that they destroyed they destroyed the Dolphins. They that'd be a better spread than what they played against Pittsburgh, the Dolphins. Um, that'd be almost the exact, that'd be basically the spread they had against the Jets. It was 16 points. So like, you know what? Good for the Giants. But I, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm struggling to see how they, they conjure up the points to cover this. Cause I think it's, it's possible that New England, like it's supposed to be like, I don't know, like every report I found said the weather's supposed to be pretty bad, like rain. We should see probably more running based on that. So I can see the Patriots only scoring like, I don't know, below 30, which like for the Patriots honestly wouldn't be like uh, their best game. But I don't see how New York puts like a point on the board. They are on their third string running back. They are down their top receiver, their top tight end, who was their actual number one receiver in reality. Um, they're on to their backup quarterback, who admittedly absolutely better than Eli Manning. But like you still would prefer to have like you just want your starting quarterback to be good in the first place, really. Um, like I don't anticipate their defense having any chance of stopping New England. And even in the rain, I, I would anticipate that uh, New England's game holds up well. Though. They don't really rely on deep balls. They're very like calculated, high EV, short A dot passes. Uh, you know, I, I just like we talked about this a few weeks ago. Like New England's only going to have to score like 24 points to cover. And I see them doing that easily. So I, I kind of think this is not accounting for just how awful we could see the New York Giants offense being. But I guess maybe like uh, I want to hear your take on this. Yeah, I'm a little more 
optimistic that they can cover the spread than I was in Washington last week. Like, at least with Daniel Jones, the Giants have shown the ability to put some points on the board, right? Like, they still are down so many weapons, right? Like, that's a huge concern. The weather is a huge concern. But the Giants with Daniel Jones are not as inept offensively as a team like the Washington Redskins with Colt McCoy. So I'm a little worried that if the Giants can put up, you know, 13 points, that might be enough to cover just because of the whole weather situation. I mean, the total on this game only sits at 41 right now. So uh, I'm going to pass. I think that if I was to play a side, it would be the Patriots. But I I, I just don't see an I have a few too many concerns with the Giants ability to move the ball like last week, they could not have set that line high enough, in my opinion. Like, I would have bet the Patriots up to, like, 21 points. But I, I'm a little bit more afraid of the Giants' offense. Also, this is exciting. I think I, – I hate I – don't, I don't mean to misattribute this if it wasn't, but I think it was Ben Baldwin who, like, showed that with, like, a statistically significant amount that the Patriots are actually uh, a mattering defense. Like, even the people who say defenses don't matter – uh, will support the fact that New England's defense is really good, especially this early into the season, being able to, uh, like definitively say that with a, like, statistically significant amount of confidence. Like, uh, that's, that's surprising to see the, the, uh, analytics Twitter come out and support any defense, uh, you know, let alone this early in the season. So I am gravely concerned. I, I think I, I like the Patriots 16 and a half. I still think I like this a decent amount. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm on board with their defense. Like I've been on, I've been saying all year that, I think we're going to be talking about their defense as an all-time great unit at the end of the season. So I could support that. Um, you know, uh, the weather and the Thursday night, it, that's enough for me to, to just sort of look away. But I totally get it. Like, blind betting the Patriots, never a bad decision. All right, we've got another London game this week, at least this week. They're going to put it in their proper time slot Sunday at, <laughs> put at 9.30 back in a.m. Place. Eastern time. Yeah, you know, I don't want to have to deal with London in addition to all the rest of the football that I got going on. So give us a nice standalone London game. And we've got the Carolina Panthers. They're favored by two and a half. Technically, Tampa Bay is the home team. Uh, total on this game is 47. Any thoughts here? I mean, Kyle Allen continues to win football games. Yeah, I mean, uh, no doubt about it. He continues to win football games. The thing is, for me, he, he basically crushed, obviously, Arizona, which, like, even for Arizona standards, giving up, like, four touchdowns, completing, like, 73% of his passes, over 13 AYA. Like, that's, I mean, he was probably one of the probably one of the best quarterback performances, like, single game of the season. But since then, below, below 7 AYA, has thrown one touchdown, like, you know, 232 yards, 181 yards. Like, I, I, he seems like back to game manager levels after playing Arizona, which, like, to have a game manager as your backup is a strong advantage for any football team because that's, like, that is, he's, like, he's right around the average to a little below average starter level at worst. Like, not many teams can say that of their backup. But I still think that, like, outside of one, I kind of want to call it an outlier game early in the season for Jameis Winston, he's averaging, like, over nine adjusted yards per attempt. He's only been picked off twice where he got picked off three times uh, at the the first game against the 49ers who we like are kind of realizing are just one of the best teams. Like you were right. You were totally right. I'm willing to just like write off the, our bet now that I've lost. But uh, outside of that one game, like I think the Jameis Winston led Buccaneers have bounced back in a somewhat significant way. I kind of think, 
I kind of want to back the the Bucks in this one for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I like Tampa Bay. I wish we could get it at three, but you know, Christian McCaffrey uh, maybe a little bit limited. I mean, limited Christian McCaffrey is still probably like one of the best players in football. But the bigger issue is the the Panthers were missing their left tackle in the last game, and if he's out again, Shaq Barrett is going to eat their backup alive. Uh, you know, I didn't really know who Shaq Barrett was coming into this year. I'll be fully honest about that. But that dude is a force. He just is a game wrecker rushing the passer. And you do not want to have a backup offensive lineman going against him. So that's a huge deal to me. That's something I'll, that I'll be keeping my eye on. Uh, if he's out and if we can get the Buccaneers up to like three, which it's trending in that direction, uh, I kind of like Tampa Bay for a small play here. Yeah, I think uh, I've seen places where this line opened at two. I'm not sure if this line moved or opened at two and a half, but either way, it does seem like the market is sort of shifting uh, in the Panthers' favor. So yeah, if this line moves, like I would totally pounce on it at three for sure. And I still think this might end up being in my pick six by the end of it. Yeah, 64% of the bets, unsurprisingly, coming on Carolina, uh, you know, given how, how bad Tampa Bay looked last week, so... All right, now we've got the Cincinnati Bengals. They are plus 11.5 on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. And if you know me, you know that I am a sucker for betting a bad team like Cincinnati in this spot. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of wanted to get your take on this because uh, I have a little bit of the the confidence riding my fade the Bengals from last week, although it was the Cardinals, you know, obviously one of the better football teams in America. So it's it's, it's hard for them not to... (laughs) Ah, man. Cardinals with that win over the the Bengals. Great, great win, Arizona. So I kind of wanted to get your take on this because you were both uh, you were right about Baltimore last week. And the fact that it was a three point game doesn't really like if you look deeper, it was an overtime game like this was basically tied. It was obviously tied at regulation. So you were very much right with your Ravens call last week. Kind of wanted to get your take on this one. Yeah, they were. And they they had to finish the game against like an undrafted rookie quarterback from Samford, not Stanford, mind you. Samford. I actually made that mistake. I was like, I don't remember him playing at Stanford. Samford. All right. Uh, I, they fit this trend that I have, big divisional underdogs. So if you look at, you know, division matchups with a spread of at least seven and a half points, the uh, the underdog has covered roughly 55% of the time. That's good for a 5.7% return on investment. And unlike a lot of the trends that I have built in my in my database here, this trend has been very profitable to start the season four and one against the spread. So I like uh, I like me some Bengals here. I, I continue to think that Baltimore is overrated on both sides of the ball. Like their offense is not nearly as explosive as the public seems to think, and their defense is not nearly as as stifling as the public seems to think. So. Again, there's always some risk when you bet on a bad team like Cincinnati, like this game could be over at halftime, but I think that there's some line value here. I think that they are, you know, getting just a couple too many points. Yeah, I only have a strong take on this one, so I'm going to hedge with you just because you're a sharp dude. But I do think the 48 total is kind of high given, like, the Bengals' offense has looked pretty bad, and I do agree with you. Like, you've you sold me on the Baltimore Ravens' offense just not being, like, this dynamic, explosive offense. Like, I still think it's good, but they also have Marquise Brown banged up. He missed 
like roughly half the game. This is a game I was watching. He missed like roughly half the game last week. Uh, Mark Andrews also banged up. I think both of them will play, but we might see their snaps limited. If those dudes are out, there will be very little explosive like ability on. It'll just be Lamar Jackson who can really like shift the tides of a drive. So yeah, I just think the under at, at 40, it's actually a pretty good bet. And I, I also think that plays well with the Bengals because as you go lower scores, it's harder to cover these massive spreads. So this one I find really interesting. We have the Seattle Seahawks favored by two points on the road in Cleveland. Uh, the total on this game is 47 and a half. So I have so many trends that fit the Browns this week, like so many different trends. You've got the West Coast team coming to the East Coast. You've got a contrarian home underdog. You've got bet against the public after a bad game unpopular teams off of a blowout which similar similar trend to the one i just made uh seahawks as a road favorite and teams coming off of a blowout loss six trends that i've built fitting the cleveland browns here and seattle you know just played a huge game last week against the los angeles rams and got a huge emotional win i mean i don't know if you watched that game but Russell Wilson was literally crying during the post-game interview. That was weird to me, but it just goes <laughs> to show how much they wanted to win that game, you know, huge divisional game on a national stage. So I was going to say, both these games, the the uh, kind of stunning Seattle win and the just god-awful Browns drubbing were on island-like primetime spots. So I think that not like that helps fit in with your uh, like fade the public trend of like these games were both very popularly watched. So I think it exactly fits in with sort of the, the layout of the trends you had laid out. Yeah, Cleveland is also on a bye next week, which I find, uh, you know, I'm not sure if that means that they can focus all their attention here on Seattle, but... I, I I just have to take Cleveland based off of principle. Like, they've shown me nothing really this season. I mean, particularly their their offensive and their defensive lines have just been getting manhandled. I mean, f- the 49ers last week, like, when we were breaking that game down, I said it was going to be a mismatch in the trenches, but my God, that was just a, a domination in the trenches, like a, you know, major Division One college team playing Samford. You know, like that was that was really like Joey Bosa and and the rest of the defensive line just manhandled their offensive line. And then they ran the ball down their throats when they had it on offense. So I, I could see a similar scenario here for Seattle, but I just have to take Cleveland based on all of the trends. Yeah, I will say they're, uh, you did say their offensive defensive line has been getting handled. One player does not fit that trend. Miles Garrett with seven sacks to back yep. up. Uh, I think, I think, did we talk about him either leading the league in sacks or just taking him as the outright MVP or defensive MVP or player of the year, I guess, uh, in preseason. So let's victory lap that while we can. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I will take some credit for that. I don't feel like that was a, uh, a great call <laughs> on our parts. Like the guy was the number one overall pick in the league like obviously the dude had a lot of talent but uh you know he was just number two on my list behind Shaq Barrett I forgot you know to bring him up to lead the league in sacks uh but I was you know you you were telling me about that before before that show I'm sure (laughs) (laughs) no I I agree though with everything you said uh on top of the fact that uh Seattle comes off the emotional win on an island whereas Cleveland just got drubbed in their last game which was prime time I like backing I like fading the public here and backing your trends uh, yeah, I, I guess. And th- after this week, we'll also probably know whether we can just fade the Browns for the rest of the season, which is nice. Yep. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. 
Scrolling through every app, visiting every website on a daily basis is just not going to happen. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. Sign up for free at sports.axios.com. You'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to niche sports like cricket and ping pong and everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up, and it's free. Just go to sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans, including myself, who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. Just free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. All right, this is a game that I've struggled with. I've gone back and forth a little bit. Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by four and a half at home, and we have a massive 55-point total. So a lot of the like sharp people that I know, a lot of the trends are pointing in the direction of the Houston Texans. And this this spread initially opened up closer to a full touchdown. At that number, I think I would have been in on the Texans. But four and a half points for Kansas City at home, you know, a team that is coming off a loss and has one of the best home field advantages in sports. I get that they're a little banged up. You know, they're down Patrick Mahomes right now. You know, or not down him, but he is limited. And they're missing a couple of their offensive linemen. But this is still Kansas City, Kyle. What are we doing with this number? Uh, I I would be inclined to take the Chiefs because, like you said, given four and a half at home, like one and a half on a neutral setting, I, I would take the Chiefs. Like, I would say they're more than a point and a half better team than basically anybody that isn't named the New England Patriots. Uh, so I would tend to side with Kansas City. But honestly, this is just a stay away from me because, it, like we saw last week, if Patrick Mahomes is hampered by this uh, this ankle injury really much at all like I do think it takes away some of his dynamic playmaking ability and sort of just that like high level of variance where if that happens to be the case I do think I would take the Texans that level of variance like I'm just not going to be betting on much at all all right New Orleans Saints at the Jacksonville Jaguars Jaguars are favored by one and we have a 44 and a half point total so I was pretty adamant last week that the Saints were being underrated by their line and that turned out to be correct with their game versus the Bucks. I mean, they won by seven, uh, you know, the final score, but they were in thorough control of that game. Uh, Tampa Bay got like a late touchdown to cut it to seven, but they were dominating that team at home. Now I think we may have entered like a little bit of an overreaction. Like they're saying now that the Saints with Teddy Bridgewater are better than the Jaguars by a couple of points on a neutral field. I'm not sure I believe that. Like Jacksonville has been good and the Saints are still without Drew Brees. If if Drew Brees was playing in this game and this was the line, we'd all be, you know, calling up banks trying to get loans to hammer the Saints, but that's not the case. I get that Teddy Bridgewater played very well last week, but he's still a checkdown machine and he's not going to be facing a defense like Tampa Bay every single week. So I think that this is a nice spot to now sort of hop on the other side, and I will be taking the Jaguars as, you know, short home favorites. Yeah, I actually, I like that call as well. Uh, I, I still think, I mean, maybe it's my DFS mindset because I've seen pricing this week, but like, I still think Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars are being like 
a, a bit heavily underrated, just given that, like, in his first five games, I think Gardner Minshew is, like, top five all-time in passing yards through a rookie's first five games. Uh, like, he's doing it relatively efficiently, like, pretty darn efficiently, too. He's throwing interceptions at less than a 1% rate, uh, throwing touchdowns at over 5% rate. Like, I, I really think he's, like, he is the real deal. He was, like, a prolific stat putter upper at college where he got the prolific like I don't want he wasn't awfully efficient at college he was like moderately efficient but he put up big numbers over a pretty large sample yeah I played in like the Washington State system but honestly we haven't seen a lot of players come out of there and get chances I think if we give more players who put up numbers like that chances in the NFL there's a good chance they pay out like they they end up paying off I think Gardner Minshew might just be the first of that so I I like backing uh, Minshew as the real deal which I, I think by week five or six we could or week like seven or eight we could be realizing that, yeah, we should have been betting on Minshew like heavier throughout the season. All right, this game sets up as a pretty good one. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles, who are coming off a drubbing of the New York Jets, at the Minnesota Vikings, who are coming off a drubbing of the New York Giants. Uh, the Vikings are favored by three points, and we have a 44-point total. Uh, Kyle, who do you like in this contest? Yeah, I don't have a strong lean, but I would tend to take the Eagles. I just think the Eagles are like a team that operates better. We, I, I still think Minnesota wants to run the ball. Like last week was pretty much everyone called it. This was a get right spot for either Adam Thielen or Stephon Diggs. And like they ended up having good games. But, like I still think this is a team that wants to play what we know is suboptimally, whereas the other team has Carson Wentz and wants to pass the ball more often. Uh, I don't have a strong lean in this game. I think the, the total at 44 might be uh, like – a little bit low just given we know both these offenses are prolific and one of the defenses the Eagles I don't have a lot of faith in so and I, and I have faith in the Eagles offense being able to overcome uh defense which I don't think matters too awfully much to me so I, I like the total more than I do the the spread I think three is pretty even uh do you have any like do you have any sharp leans in this one because I don't really have uh definitely won't be making my six yeah I I kind of like the Vikings I'm not going to say I love the Vikings but they they fit a few trends. I mean, they're they're a um a a home favorite that is getting very little public support, which is kind of rare. You know, it, it's very odd that you see a team that's a public underdog, especially one that's playing on the road. But right now, sixty nine percent of the bets, seventy five percent of the money coming in on Philly. So people aren't buying the Vikings as being for real and they probably shouldn't, right? Like I'm not going to overrate how much better their offense look just because they're playing the Giants last week. Like the Giants have been abysmal all season, but I do think that backing a public dog or a, uh, yeah, a public dog is a scary proposition for me. So I'll side with the Vikings, but I don't feel particularly good about it. All right, last one o'clock game. We have the Washington Redskins favored by three and a half in Miami. Total on this game is 41. So when I first saw this, I was like, how is this spread correct? I know that, that the Dolphins are just awful, but so are the Redskins. And they're you're, like, this line is saying that the Redskins are roughly 10 points better than the Dolphins if this game was being played in Washington and roughly a touchdown better than the Dolphins on a neutral field. So like Washington being of a three and a half point road favorite just screams like fade to me. Like, and I ran a trend teams on losing streaks of at least four games. If they're facing each other, the underdog is at least as uh, 14 and eight against the spread. 
That's good for a 23.4% return on investment. So not a huge sample size. Like it's very rare that you see two teams on losing streaks of four plus games, but history suggests that there is some value in just taking the team, getting the points when awful teams meet up. So I'm still wavering on whether or not I want to actually put the Dolphins in my five pack this week, but I think for sure that they are the correct side in this game. Yeah, I saw this. I was looking at lines when they first came out earlier in the week, and I saw the Redskins were three and a half favorites, and I was like, oh, the Redskins are at home. That makes sense. Then I looked closer, and I was like, wait, this makes no sense. Like, these are clearly the two worst teams in the NFL. To, like, discern so heavily that one of them is worse than the other just seems like having a a ton of confidence in your projections where I don't know how you could decide which one of these teams is worse, uh, especially with, like, that much, a a touchdown, like, level of confidence. That seems, like, almost absurd to me. I'm... Dolphins are going to be in my pick pick five for sure. I called it pick six earlier. It's pick five. <laughs> All right. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave, it hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters. Sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave and easy glide at a low price. Do us a favor. Check out harrys.com slash bluewire for a free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essentials. Just $2 for durable quality blades. When you need a refill, blades are delivered straight to your door. You can do that with or without a subscription. Right now, there's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they will give you a full refund. Listeners of my show and Kyle's show, both of our shows, <laughs> can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Just go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. Yeah, I don't know if this is uh, like allowed or not, but I've done it anyways. I actually have my, my free sample coming in the mail right now, so I'm excited to actually get to try out Harry's razors because I, I need a shave right now. I'm ugly. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, I've started to, to clean myself up a little bit, and uh, it feels nice, you know? I'm unleashing my skin to the world again. I'm going to try. I'm going to start slowly hacking away at my woolly mammoth beard that I have going on over here. All right, let's get into the four o'clock games. We've got the San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are favored by three points at home. Total on this game sits at 50 and a half. So Rams with another loss, San Francisco with another win last week. What do we think of this contest? This is a tough one for me because I'm so heavily clouded by my like preconceived notions of San Francisco, but like they're they're clearly a good team. I still kind of think that the like I don't know, maybe it's just my like my priors were set off by like I thought the Rams were one of the best teams in the NFL. I was pretty low on San Francisco. So like I'm just relying too heavily on my priors, whereas the Rams don't look to be that like they're almost certainly just not at that like Super Bowl caliber team as of right now, whereas like San Francisco, honestly, the way they've been playing is closer to that. I don't know. The one thing that concerns me is San Francisco's like efficiency rushing. That seems like, I don't know, pretty hard to replicate for me and they've done it successfully all season. So maybe that's something that you have to factor in is the regression in terms of like, you're not gonna have Matt Breida busting off what like 80 yarders, but 
I don't know. This is kind of a stay away line for me. I do like the total. I think the total at 15 and a half. Yeah, San Francisco's defense is good, but I think the Rams offense is, is better, like just in terms of actually predicting points. So I like the total at 15 and a half. I'm probably staying away from this line because I think it's pretty solid. Yeah, I'll, I'll side with the Rams here. I mean, if this line was set before the start of the season, like how big of a favorite would the Rams have been? Like well over a touchdown, right? Yeah, easily for sure. So we're getting yeah, so a much of over points, at Los Angeles. A couple of points of value in that regard. Like I've been high on the Niners and low on the Rams, but like this this spreads is still saying that these two teams are even on a neutral field. I'm not sure I'm ready to go to that far yet. So uh, you know, San Francisco hasn't really played anybody. Uh, L.A. has has had some some close games and some tough losses, but they're still proven, right? You know, they still made the Super Bowl last year. They still have an impressive resume of wins. So I'll take the Rams here as three-point favorites at home. But again, like it's it's a low-confidence wager for me. All right, next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons. They are favored by two and a half on the road against the Cardinals. Uh, I took a week off last week, <laughs> but I think it's back to it's it's time to hop back on the Cardinals bandwagon. Yeah, are we like are we convinced that the that like the Falcons are even just a straight up better team? Like not not factoring home field advantage or anything. Are we convinced that they're just like straight up better than the Cardinals? Like I don't even know if that's true anymore. Yeah, I I, I think that's a very fair take. I mean, Atlanta is just so bad on defense. I mean, the Texans put up 53 against them last week. 53! They still don't have Keanu Neal. They they got shredded by the Titans. Like, this defense is just awful. And if you look at... One thing that was telling for me last week was the at the end of that game versus the Texans, the Falcons, uh, Matt Ryan threw, threw an interception and literally nobody on the field even tried making an effort to tackle the guy running the ball back. They were basically just like, F this, I'm done, end the game, the guy can score, I don't care. Like, I think that this Falcons team is a sinking ship. So I think that, I I agree, I think the Cardinals should be favored in this game. I will take them to win outright, and Dan Quinn gets fired uh, after this week. Oh, I I love it, baby. Uh, I wish I could find a parlay for that. Oh, you've got to be able to find a parlay. I won't give you odds because I think it's a good bet. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I think I honestly think the Cardinals probably should be like I would. I would take the Cardinals on a neutral field, take give them at home like easily. I'd take the Cardinals like outright in this game. Uh, if we're just betting, if we're just betting the lines, yeah, Cardinals for sure, two and a half points easy. All right, next game we've got the Dallas Cowboys. They're seven point road favorites versus the New York Jets. Uh, thankfully, it seems like the Luke Falk era is over. Uh, I personally will be sad to see it go. Uh, you know, Luke Falk's just one of those guys that has never really been given a chance to succeed in the NFL, Kyle. He's oh, a real Geno right. Smith. Oh, wait, that's right. He has been given a chance the last four weeks and looked abysmal. I don't know if I've ever seen a worse quarterback play NFL football than Luke Falk. So while I don't think that Sam Darnold is like a world beater, the upgrade from Luke Falk to Sam Darnold, I don't think that that can be understated or overstated. I get those confused. Like, you can't overestimate how much better the team is going to be with Sam Darnold at quarterback. They can actually potentially score some points in this game, which 
you know, is a difference from what we've seen from them the last three or four weeks. So I think you were one week early hopping on the Jets bandwagon. I think that now that we know that Sam Darnold is going to play his liver or spleen or whatever his issue was with the mono, that won't explode while he's on the field. So we can back the Jets here getting seven at home. Yeah, I think this is obviously the chance that if you're going to buy in on the Jets, like I think this is a pretty solid chance for them to cover. And at that point, we'll see that they're actually like a modern, real NFL offense, like a functioning non-Samford level offense. Uh, and at that point, like I think the spread, whoever they play next week, will be much closer. So if you want to buy the Jets, this would be your absolute time to do so. I also think the if you expect the Jets to win, they're probably going to have to put up some points because the Dallas offense has been like really incredibly good outside of last week. Uh, so 42 and, and a half, Saints. I think. Ah, uh, yeah. No, maybe they're not. That They've good. been really I, incredibly good when playing the Giants, Redskins, and Dolphins. Uh, Jets might fall in that territory. I still like <laughs> buying the. I still like buying the the total here, but I guess uh, you actually you've talked me a bit off of that. Yeah, I I think that the total is like fair. Uh, I don't, you know, maybe the Jets do have that bad of a defense, but they actually played okay on that side of the ball last week against Philly. The problem was Luke Falk literally gave the opposing team 14 points yeah it's also just even if you're not like if you're not like getting pick six it's also just hard for a defense to do like to do much when the offense that they're playing with has to go like goes three and out so many times that like the offense that they're facing is just getting so many possessions so even if it's not like pick sixes and fumble sixes safeties just giving the other offense that many possessions is also extremely difficult so the Jets have been put in like an awful situation by their own offense all right are we ready to talk about my favorite team We've got the Tennessee Titans traveling into the Mile High Stadium to take on the Denver Broncos, coming off a huge win versus the Los Angeles Chargers. I joke, they get to, they got to one and four. Like it wasn't a huge win, but it was a huge win for Broncos backers like myself. Now they're favored by two and a half against the Titans. We have a 39 point total, which is one of the lowest of the week, if not the lowest of the week. Yeah, it's the lowest of the week. So what are your thoughts on this game? Like, should I should I continue to ride the Denver Broncos, Kyle? Of course not. Didn't that lose you like every game before last week? <laughs> no. They covered uh they covered against the uh the Bears in week two, if you got them at the correct number of two and a half. Uh, we might have actually backed that one because the Bears also aren't that good. So but actually we wouldn't run that. Yeah, I don't I don't have a strong preference in this game. Um, I, I kind of want to back Tennessee because I think the Broncos aren't very good. Um, Joe Flacco finally came off his hot streak. Although, the, like, the reason he didn't play, like, particularly well last week in terms of raw numbers is because they went up so early and the Chargers offense just couldn't do anything. So, I don't know. Maybe there's a, a reason to back Denver. I've already got my five locked in. Whatever side I take of this, I'm not going to have a ton of confidence. I think maybe the, the under on 39 is the way to go because both these, uh, both these teams are, like, well into the bottom half in terms of, like, rushing or, I guess, passing percentage because they both just want to run the ball. So I expect this game to be slow and ugly, and both these defenses are pretty solid. So I, I like taking the under on 39. I don't have a strong lean, but I guess I'd take the Titans in this one. Yeah, we've got two conflicting trends here. Uh, the the Broncos are setting up as a sharp side right now. Um, you know, they're only getting 43% of the tickets, but those tickets account for 74% of the dollars. So really big discrepancy in terms of bets versus money on this game. We'll see if that lasts into the week. Like, I've talked about this on the past. I call it the rope-a-dope strategy. Like, the Sharps might just be taking Denver right now, hoping to get Tennessee up to, like, a field goal, and then they'll hop back in. So 
I don't like to read a ton into the betting numbers early in the week, but if it stays like that, it's going to be hard for me to not side with Denver. On the other hand, if you look at road underdogs getting three points or less, historically, that has been a good team to back, uh, 4% ROI on a large sample size. And this season, it's gone nine and six against the spread. So the small road underdogs has actually been something I've been looking at more this year. And the Titans obviously are going to fit that category, even if this gets up to three. So I'll stay away, but just know that my heart always lies in Denver. (laughs) At laying the points, we are firm believers that nothing enhances a game like putting a few bucks on it. Seriously, some of these primetime games are just brutal. I mean, we've got the Giants and the Patriots this week playing in a nor'easter in October. (laughs) Like, you just can't, you can't, you can't plan some of this stuff. It won't feel that way, though, when you have some money personally invested. Regardless of whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For example, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlay them. If every, if all the teams you pick win, you will get a much larger payout. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. We've got pro football, college football, and the MLB playoffs in full swing. Hockey just started. Basketball's right around the corner. Now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action Just go to mybookie.ag and get off the sidelines. If you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. That's promo code ROTOVIZ to double your cash up to $1,000. Visit mybookie.ag today. Mybookie.ag, you play, you win, and you get paid. All right, Sunday night football contest. Uh, Right now, there is no line on this game on mybookie. Uh, obviously we have to deal with the injury to Mason Rudolph at the moment, which if we don't, if he's not playing, it means we're looking at the Samford guy again. Uh, but this line is hanging around at some other sports books. The chargers are favored by seven points I'm showing right now. Uh, and the total on this game sits at just 41. So that Mason Rudolph thing was kind of scary. I don't mean to, you know, make light of the whole situation, but I don't know if he if he should even be allowed to play this week. Like, let's let's forget about whether or not he can get cleared in time. Like, the dude literally had to get his face mask like drilled off on the field, and then he had to walk to the sidelines and the locker room by himself because apparently they couldn't find the cart. I mean, Jesus NFL, what are you doing? Your players are out there getting killed and you can't even find the cart for them. That's just a really bad look. So it's hard to fully handicap this game right now, knowing or not knowing what the quarterback situation is for the uh, Steelers. But let's try and do our best. If it is seven, I think that uh, I will probably be on the Steelers here. Really? I, I find that interesting. I like I, I would bet anything Mason Rudolph doesn't play like I'm treating this week as if he's not because I'm I'd I'd literally bet anything he's not playing. He shouldn't be playing. 
And all reports are that it, he's unlikely to play. So for me, like looking at Devlin Hodges, like the dude was a like mediocre producer at Samford, like not even like not even like a non-power five school, like literally Samford. Uh, like he he averaged less than eight yards per attempt in his career. His final season, he threw thirty-two touchdowns but sixteen picks. Like he wasn't like ungodly efficient. I just don't get like he's not even like he's hardly a backup level player in the NFL. I mean, Pittsburgh had him as their third string. Like, they view him the same way that I am saying, that he's, like, not really – he's, like, I don't know, practice squad guy. So having a practice squad guy go on the road against a good Chargers defense that can at least make plays – I don't know how good they are, but they can at least make plays, uh, I would take I would take the Chargers seven. Yeah, the problem is that the Chargers defense is just banged up right now. You know, like, they're pretty thin in the secondary, and – I'm not going to say that Devlin Hodges versus Mason Rudolph is like a non-issue, but Hodges was okay last week. He, he, uh, you know, when the Steelers needed a score late in the game, he was able to get them down the field and get it for them. Um, you know, obviously he, uh, he didn't look great in the overtime, but ultimately he had his pick. It, It was negated by a turnover and then Juju fumbled the ball. Like it wasn't his fault that they lost that game. Um, and if you look at the rest of the offense, the Steelers have some ability for him to work with. Like, they have a good offensive line. They should be able to protect him. Like, the easiest way to make a, a bad quarterback look okay is to give him time, right? And I think that the Pittsburgh offensive line can do that. Still has Juju. You know, he has uh, Vance McDonald, James Washington. Like, he's got his running backs. I think that the Steelers are, are okay. And that they will be able to mask him. Like, I have not been super impressed from what I've seen by Mason Rudolph. So, I don't think that this is a huge downgrade at the quarterback position. Like, I don't think we're going to get a Luke Falk-like performance from Hodges. So, I'm just going to take the touchdown here. I still think that the Chargers aren't particularly good. And the public is all over them, predictably. Which is, you know, you would expect that when you're facing a third-string quarterback. So... I think there's enough here that I will probably grab the Steelers if I can get a full seven with them. All right, last game of the week, Monday Night Football, Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are favored by four. Uh, That was my favorite bet last week. I said that, and they took care of business. I was very happy about how they played that game. I mean, I think they were up 31-3. Like, once you get up 31-3, and you're getting points, like you can pretty much just shut shut the game off at that point if you want. So now I don't know what to do in this spot. Like the Lions have been pretty good, right? Like, and, and they're coming off of a bye. So I, I don't really know how to approach this game. I do think that the Packers are the better team, obviously, but how much does the extra rest for the Lions factor in? And what about the fact that this Lions defense has looked pretty good this season. So to me, this is a this is a tough game to handicap and probably a stay away. What do you think, Kyle? What is your thoughts on this contest? Yeah, I know I agree completely. I I was the last game we talked about, tough to handicap because of like the, the extenuating circumstances. This one tough to handicap because I'm not sure how much we know about these teams. Like we saw the Lions tie with the Cardinals, who, you know, come from behind in a game they really had no business being in. But then again, the Lions also nearly beat the best team in the NFL, like Kansas City. So it's like they're, they've been kind of all over the place. I'm not sure I really want to back them. 
Uh, I'd probably take the Packers at home. Like this is saying they're like one point, one point difference on a neutral field. I kind of still think Aaron Rodgers is just that much better than Matthew Stafford. But yeah, mostly a stay away from me. All right, let's get into our My Five presented by my bookie. Uh, like you mentioned at the top of the show, a good week for the team. We were 7-3 and three overall, and we only had one overlap. So between the two of us, we had a pretty good feel on that week. I went 4-1, and one, you went 3-2. and two. Uh, My record now on the season sits at 14-11, and 11, and you are just one game under 500 at 12-13. and 13. So this is very much still a live race. Uh, Kyle, who do you like this week? What are your five favorite picks? Yeah, so I have uh, four that uh, are pretty typical of this show. Actually, probably all five are. Uh, Four underdogs, Arizona plus two and a half, Miami plus three and a half, Cleveland plus two, and then Tampa plus two and a half. And then uh, hopefully you get to the show nice and early because I'm taking the Patriots minus 16 and a half. I just I don't see any way that the Giants put up any points. I think that's fair. Uh, A lot of the the same sides. you know, I'm in agreement with, I don't have necessarily a ton of overlaps in my picks, but I'm, I'm on pretty much all of those games, like all of the same sides as you. So I'm going to go full disclosure. Last week was a week where I thought I had a good read. This week is a week where I am not as confident. So, you know, not going to be like a ton of multi-unit wagers for me and my actual picks and I'm just going to try and tread water, to be honest. Like, I'm not expecting this to be the week that I go 5-0 and or, you know, even duplicate 4-1. and Like, if I can book another 3-2 and or even a 2-3, and to be honest, I-, I think I would take it right now if you offered it to me. So I- I'm with you on Arizona plus 2.5. They might be my-, my favorite pick of the week. I'm also with you on Cleveland plus 2. Uh, I'm- my other three picks, I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to take the Jets plus 7. I'm going to take the Bengals plus 11 and a half, and I am going to take the Jaguars minus one. So those are my five picks. Again, I, nothing stands out to me as like a slam dunk this week. I don't have a great lean, but those are my five picks. Hopefully we can we can put up another week in the black and keep treading in the right direction. Yeah, I'd have Arizona in like maybe in that tier one sort of. I, I feel pretty solid about Arizona versus just like this Atlanta team looks like dust. But outside of that, I very much agree. I think we had a good read on it last week. I still think like three and two is very reasonable for us, but I don't, the five and oh, probably I don't feel as confident this week as I made coming down the road. And this is, this is like a big thing that I try to preach when people ask me about my, my NFL betting strategy is you don't have to bet every single game. You can be very selective. Like if you don't have a great feel for anything but Arizona this week as a listener, just bet that game. Like there's, you don't have to force the action. There's going to be, you know, 11 more weeks of football after this, plus the playoffs. Like we do not need to force it. Let it come to you. I kind of equate betting on football to being on the blackjack table, right? Like if you're just betting every game, aka playing every hand the same way, and you do it for a long enough period of time, the house is probably going to win. You need to take advantage when the odds are in your favor. You need to increase your bet sizes when the deck, you know, gets heavy to use like a card counting term. That's what I try to do as a NFL handicapper. Like when I think that the deck is in my favor with certain games, that's when I'm going to look to put more of my bankroll 
at risk. So just a little bit of a brief bankroll uh, management there at the end, which I like to do that from time to time just to talk about that. I think it's important. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm never going to be one of those guys out there screaming like, oh, I got winners for you, like blah, blah, blah. I think that you need to have a sound process and you need to be honest when you evaluate uh, you know, the board, your abilities as a handicapper, all that, all that good stuff. So, yeah, no, I very much agree. I think being a sharp better doesn't just mean making the best picks. It means knowing not when to pick like the higher level strategy is probably where like any, any good better has started or should start if you aspire to be like plus EV at this. So uh, I like ending on that note. Uh, so for myself at Kyle tweets here for Matt LaMarca at Matt LaMarca, everybody thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next week.